Hello. Hi, everyone. My name is Kim Chi, and I'm so honored to be with our special guest, John Kong. Wait, what? You're oh. special to me. Oh. But I guess you're not a guest of this podcast. I mean, you are this podcast. <laughs> I'm half of, half this of it at least. Half of it. <laughs> Can you believe people like write about this podcast? <laughs> Can you believe people listen to us on a weekly no, basis? I, I appreciate every one of you who do. I do. Uh, you absolutely do. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> we, we love can you. barely stand each other. <laughs> Whoa, really? <laughs> I look forward to these times when I get to hear your voice and have a meaningful discussion with you. Stop gaslighting me. <laughs> stop, stop it. Stop. What's the topic today? I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm very jittery today. I can't help you it. You are very jittery. A little bit. Apparently you can't stand me, so, um. I'm like a, I'm like a right, bunny. That was our podcast, everybody. Because <laughs> apparently John Kong can barely stand me. No, I love you. <laughs> You will not gaslight me with your sweet words. <laughs> but anyways, um, let's get to Yeah. All right. So um, did you eat anything fun this week? Um, this week? Oh, yeah. I made catfish for the first time. I never cooked catfish before. Ooh, like how did you cook it? So I actually know how you cooked it because I follow your social media. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, Thank we're you. asking for those <laughs> I always appreciate your support. Um, yeah, so Lisa Nguyen was here uh, from Kentucky, and she's got she's got a really really big following on YouTube and TikTok. I think oh, she's got she's like the girl that like I'm from Midwest. Um, here's um, chili and cinnamon roll. That girl, right? Yes, I want to say yes. I want to and like yes. that thing like went viral. She did. She's gone viral a couple of times. I think she has like five million on YouTube and like eight on or seven on um TikTok. Like she's huge. That part was really funny because um people are like, I'm from Midwest and like I've never eaten cinnamon roll with chili before. But I'm like, all right, but I mean she didn't say like all of Midwest. Right, exactly. <laughs> she was like, I don't speak for fucking everyone. But um she's definitely one of those people that have like the captivating social media, um, I guess, cadence of voice. And Your voice is very soothing. It's very, very soothing. Um, and the process is all down. Like, it's very easy story to follow and stuff. And she's, she does really, really good content. And this month, for AAPI month, she's actually, like, traveling all over the country and shooting, like, a video with a different AAPI content creator, food content creator, like, every day. So oh, she was, wow. yeah, she, she was in Detroit. She stayed with me for like one night. Yeah, she stayed with me for one night. We shot at night and then she left in the morning and then she went immediately to Las Vegas where she went to go with Jessica to go uh, do a video with Jessica who is like, let's have lunch with my, uh, le- uh, let's have lunch with my kids. Like that Jessica girl. Salhi, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I met She's, her at the Gold Gala. She was really sweet too. She is the sweetest mom. And she... I cannot keep up with her either. I mean, I mean, Las Vegas trains everybody. Even if if you are mom content, like you probably know how to party. So she's she's wild and super fun. And I feel so boring when I'm around her. <laughs> you know, that's how I feel about most like social media stars when I'm around them. 
I feel so like boring. <laughs> I know. And they're I like, know. we got a party tonight, right? And I'm like, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely um, not. Yeah. And so, anyways, so I she was like, what do you want to make? Cause like she wanted each of us, each of the creators to make something. And I was like, well, I mean, I know I do like Chinese American food, but I feel like I'm more known for my fusion stuff. So why don't you give me something? What is like one of your favorite things to eat? And then I will come up with something that is like a mix of both our cultures. And so she gave me this uh, hot pot, hot pot braised catfish. And it's very, very like, it's, it's delicious. It uses coconut juice and it uses the sweet, thick soy sauce, the kekap mani. I don't know how to say it how to pronounce it, but it's this really sweet soy sauce as well as fish sauce and sugar. And I think that's it. I don't think there's lime in it. There might be a little lemon juice in it. I'm not sure. A little acid. A little acid. I know. It's it's just because I'm talking to you. I feel like I need to balance everything out with some acid. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, but it reminded me of this Chinese fish dish from Hunan that was like kind of like braised in chilies. So I added Hunanese chopped chilies to it. I added some Chinese wine to it, and I added some spices, I think. I can't remember what spices. It was in the video. And it came out so good. It was so good. And um, catfish is is a little funky. Catfish has that very, like, sea algae, mossy Mm -hmm. type of flavor. Um, So I think if I were to do that again, which Lisa said, she was like, I actually like that flavor because that reminds me of home. And I was like, I'm not used to that flavor, but I can, like, you know— Still enjoy the dish. I if I were to, it, um, catfish tastes like dirt. Sorry, didn't mean to interrupt you. No, like yeah, dirt, mushrooms, algae, soil. Like that's kind of like what the thing of that catfish does. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the next time, if I were going to do it again, I would probably like load it up with like ginger and lemongrass and like kind of like add a little bit more like spice and brightness to it to counteract that mm-hmm. muddy flavor. Um, yeah. But I'm excited to do it again because it's very good for you if you cook it like that way. And it's got tons of meat. There's so much meat in catfish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what is one interesting thing that you've eaten today? Oh, before I do that, one oh. of my favorite ways to eat catfish. Um, next time you come to LA, I'll take you there. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's also an amazing restaurant in Seattle that does this. But um, Vietnamese style catfish. Have you ever had it? I think they bake the whole catfish. Like, oh, they bake it. Okay, no, no. Um, and it gets and the skin gets super, super crispy. And then they bring it to a table side, and then they play. They bring like a giant plate of like different herbs. Mm -hmm. It's like ton of like cilantro, um, uh, pickled veggies, lettuce, rice noodles, Mm -hmm. and all that. And then you um pull like the chunk of like meat off like the fish, and you make a spring roll out of it. Oh my god, that sounds so good. And then you like dip it in this like fermented like shrimp sauce thing. So it probably doesn't taste like all that muddy at all with all the herbs and the shrimp Not sauce at all. and stuff like that. Wow. And it's like it feels really, really healthy. It is so mm-hmm. good. Um Yeah, it's literally one of my like favorite like Vietnamese dish to eat. Um nice. yeah, we'll go next time you're here. Yes. Yes, which um, is I think I'll be there well, definitely in June. All right. Yeah. We'll keep the exact taste a secret. Okay. Keep your stalkers from um, stalking you. <laughs> It'll be fine. I'll be at your house. <laughs> they don't know that. 
So yesterday I went to Open Market, which is another um, kind of like a bodega style, but it's like upscale restaurant here in LA. Is there a lot of Asian restaurants in there? It's not Asian restaurants, no. Oh, okay. It's just like then maybe they have I like was little like small market thing. where they sell like wines and like um like cool canned goods, and then ah. they also sell like sandwiches and salads and breakfasty things. Mm. And on their menu, they have this thing called Turkish eggs, which I've never had like prior to like the restaurant serving it. But it is um like really sour yogurt with two poached eggs with ton of fresh dill oh. topped with like chili oil and so much garlic in the yogurt. And then they I give you like talked about this before. Do you dip like bread in there? Yes. Oh, yeah. The last time we talked about this, you said you'd take me, and you never did. Yeah, well, I'm a man. <laughs> and men <laughs> are full of lies. Full of lies. <laughs> <laughs> and then yesterday for dinner, I made sinigang, which um, mm. it's a Filipino soup. Oh. Uh, so, oh, my God. It was it is one of my like favorite things to make. It's considered like one of like the best soups in the world. Because the broth is like um, seasoned with tamarind, so it's mm. sour. Oh yeah, and then you can make it with like pork ribs or pork belly or shrimp. And then when you cook the soup, you put in like super rustic like chunks of like taro, radish, okra, tomato, onion, bok choy, eggplant. You just like um, peppers and you just like boil it all up together. It also sounds very healthy. It's got a lot of vegetables. Yeah. For me, I just put in like, I like to put in like the minimum amount of pork belly just for like, mm-hmm. just for the broth. Yeah. But then like the veggies are like where the dish truly shines. So after another run earlier this week, I made the ramen that you gave me, the mm-hmm. one that's like the bone bone broth ramen. Yeah. But like, I so also like. In. Yes, long tongue in. And but I was so, so hungry that like I needed more. I needed like to put like a meat element in there. And all I had was like a half-eaten rotisserie chicken carcass. So I mm. boiled that first until it all fell off. And then I took all the meat off and I took the bones off. And I used that to put it into the powder of the soup. And then I put the ramen in there. So I ate it with all that chicken. And all that chicken bone broth and stuff. It was really, really good. What else did I put in there? Kimchi. Yeah. You, know, you're a chef, kimchi. Like, you know you're a chef when your quick meal is like boiling a chicken till a bone falls off <laughs> right. to make instant ramen. <laughs> <laughs> it just like wasn't an option. In my mind, it just wasn't an option to just eat it out of the packet. I was like, I'm so hungry and like I need nutrition. I need more than just this. But at the same time, like if you run far enough. If your if your runs are far enough, there is like nothing that you can eat that is technically bad for you. And it was just definitely one of those situations where I was like, I'm gonna boil half a rotisserie chicken and eat instant noodles, and it'll be exactly what my body needs. On a random note, there's something I've always wondered about your kitchen. Mm. In your cooking and all your videos, you always have like an abundance of green onion that you chop into things. Mm-hmm. But you don't go grocery shopping rarely. Mm-hmm. Where do you get your green onions from? Where do they like magically come from? Oh, um, so I just ordered it. Like when I order, I don't go grocery shopping very much, but I order a lot of groceries. So I normally just like order green onions 
with everything that I order. And it's like, mm-hmm. what, 30 cents? So I was like, yeah, I'll have more green onions. So I have green onions waiting in my fridge. But if I'm doing like a lot of videos in a day, I'll get like green onions from Gordon Food Service where you can buy like a five pound bag of green onions washed and ready mm. to go. Yeah, because um, whenever I cook, you know, like I like to put green onions in because it like freshens up everything. Yeah. But sometimes I'm like, do I really want to go to a grocery store just for one thing of green yeah. onion and that's all I, I know, need? Right? Yeah, no, that's when I order. Um, and generally the green onions are pretty good when you order Instacart. Like mm. they're, they're, they do a pretty good job. They won't give you anything that's like wilted and gross. Oddly enough, the worst green onion, the grocery store with the worst green onions is always like the Chinese grocery store. And I don't know why, because maybe because they're always picked off. Maybe like they're always just out of it and it's only the gross ones that are left. But the best green onions that I've seen consistently have always been the Mexican grocery store called Honey Bee. Oh, see, for me, it's all about the Korean grocery store. Yeah, I'm sure Korean is so there really green good, onion, right? And- the green onion at Korean grocery store is like first. They're always in like a place where you can like easily find them. Mm-hmm. Probably like the biggest of my own the vegetable <laughs> section at Korean grocery stores. Oh. And they're always fresh as hell. Yeah, we don't have we don't have. Well, we have an H Mart, but they're outside of my delivery zone, mm. and I cry about it like every day. Well, you could always move. <laughs> I, I I could, or you could come here and maybe open an H Mart. Chain franchise. Why would I open an H Mart? <laughs> well, why wouldn't you? But you know, actually, who has like the worst green onions? Who? Trader Joe's. Oh, I imagine Trader Joe's does. I didn't. Do they even do fresh things? Yeah, so they always have produce, but like, so their packaged things are amazing. Um, and like a lot of their like dry goods are amazing. Um, even the meat is like you know pretty decent. But where Trader Joe really fails is like the produce. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes, like they have like really cool like seasonal vegetables and like seasonal fruit. But aside from that, when you're just like trying to get like a bundle of like green onion, they give you such a tiny amount, and it's like wilting. And yeah, yeah, there is no Trader Joe's in Detroit. We have Whole Foods, but we don't have Trader Joe's. I I don't really like Whole Foods. Really, it's not that like I'm like morally like against like you know. Jeff Bezos or whatever, but... Oh, yeah. Like, the vibe is always off when I go into Whole Foods. See, we had the Whole Foods in Detroit. The Whole Foods in downtown Detroit was, like, the first, I think, chain grocery store that we got in, like, Mm -hmm. seven years of having no chains in there, and our first chain was Whole Foods. It was also before Amazon bought them, and it was the cheapest Whole Foods in the country at the time. And so I've been, like, pretty loyal to that specific whole foods just because mm-hmm. of that it's also really close but we've had better options i'm just like weirded out by the fact that trader joe's still refuses to open a location in the city of detroit that is really bizarre you think like they get so much like business yeah but no they they just don't so i guess you'll never um, learn the joys of their infamous um frozen orange chicken that's actually a product that like everybody loves because it's only three dollars for like a package of frozen um, orange chicken. Aren't their dumplings just like repurposed Bibigo stuff though? I don't know. Even their dumplings are really cheap because like a giant bag of it is only three dollars, like three twenty nine. Oh really? And I can just boil like one bag and I'll be so full for dinner. Huh. 
their ube ice cream like actually went viral but um apparently because like ube became so trendy over like this past couple of years mm-hmm. that um ube supplies running like really really low so they can yeah. only make so much like ube ice cream i guess and they can't like meet the demand eventually what's going to happen is they're just going to use like purple food coloring and not tell and Honestly, not tell yeah, they'll find like a flavor that's like similar to ube yeah, yeah, with a ton Which of purple they, Anything like they should do, like save the ube for the Filipinos who actually know what it tastes like, and then just give everyone else purple food coloring and not tell them. Yeah, it's like people in Peru telling me, um, like, yeah, quinoa used to be like a chicken feed, and you know, it was like <laughs> a cheap food that we used to like eat all the time, and then it became trendy in the um, Western health food world, and now like locals can't eat quinoa anymore. Yeah, problematic. And same with, you know, fish. The work got out. The fish is healthier than me. So everybody started eating fish. And now... Well, it's at least with that is like, you know, we won't have fish for much longer if you listen to the people that I met in Cape Cod. Yeah. You know, we should like start a rumor that like something... If there's like a dying like farming industry, we should just like spread a rumor that it's incredibly healthy. And then, like, make it go viral. That's pretty much it. That's that's all you have to do. You just have to, like, label something obscure as a superfood. Mm-hmm. And then, like, suburban Americans will just go crazy about it. Because it's like, here's the thing with, like, Americans in general. We can't just like something. We, we have, have to, to overdo love it. it. Yeah, we have to love it. We have to love it so much. Kale was... Like, before kale was popular, the biggest purchaser of kale was Pizza Hut because they were using it to, like, decorate their salad bars. Mm -hmm. And, like, everyone started, went crazy over kale. When really it's like, it's not healthier, it's not any healthier than broccoli. It's not any healthier than collard greens. Like, they're Mm -hmm. all related to the same plant. They all have the same nutritional profile. But, like, again, we can't just be like, oh, this is pretty good. I kind of like this. This is fine. We have to be obsessed with it. We have to love it. We mm-hmm. have to like, you know, take it. We generally take it too far to the point where it's like, you know, we definitely like act a little bit like teenagers our entire lives with how we obsess <laughs> over things. Oh, uh, this restaurant on the menu, I saw deep fried kale. I think like this where I like I draw the line. <laughs> you know, if, I mean like I like kale, but also if you're going out of way to eat something deep fried, like eat a chip, eat a chip. Honestly, like have some fries. Eat mozzarella sticks. Exactly. You're already yeah. eating something fried. Like it's not going to be good for you just because you're eating deep fried kale. <laughs> it's not going to be somewhat like healthier or better. No. Well, you know, go off. <laughs> well, is there a struggling industry that we can start a rumor about? I mean, if it's struggling, then I probably haven't. Like, I don't really. You don't even care. I don't know. I probably don't can't think of one <laughs> off the top of my head. Can you can you let me finish, please? Thank you. <laughs> I can't think of anything. All right. Also, um, have you started watching American Born Chinese? Not yet. How is it? Is it good? I liked it. Um I started, um obviously like all the actors are great and mm-hmm. is it a show or a movie? It's a show. Okay. But each episode is only like 30 to 40 minutes long, so it's not like... Oh, that's so good. I miss TV shows that are only 30 minutes long. 
Yeah. These like hour long episodes are like driving me crazy. What is it? Game of Thrones did that. Like their episodes were an hour mm-hmm. long, I think. And like, I can't sit through it. I, I, it takes me two days to finish an episode. And also like as someone, I mean, who watches K-drama, but sometimes like some these K-drama, each K-drama episode is like hour and 30 minutes long. And I'm like, why? No, just condensed. You know, like, I mean, I love K-drama. I'm loving every moment of it, but like, Split into a different episode. I just, like, I haven't seen any K-dramas. And so, like, from what I see on TikTok, so much of the space is taken by slow-motion dramatic shots. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> of, like, I mean, are they going to kiss or what? It like, takes three minutes to see these two kiss. But, you know, it's also, like, it's a formula that, like, you look for. You know, like, you yeah. know, find comfort in those, you know, like, cliche storylines and formula. Mm-hmm. And also, all the actors are very good-looking, you know? So I can actually recommend some key dramas um, for various situations. If you want something faster paced, I know it all. There was, and I know like Kingdom doesn't count as a K-drama, but like that was like the one Korean show that I've watched recently and I was obsessed with it. Um, But there was one where this, uh, I forgot what the title was. It looked really, really interesting. I think it was like a woman who was pretending to be a man and was a king, but there was something about them cooking as well. Oh, Mr. Queen. <laughs> okay, I already love it by the name. Yeah, so um, this really like famous chef in the modern world and who's kind of like a douchebag uh-huh. uh, somehow ends up switching body with a queen from back in the day. Uh-huh. And then all this like crazy stuff happens. There's like also a hilarious scene where he recreates McDonald's for the kingdom. <laughs> It's, that part is really funny too, and then you see him um, trying to make like modern dishes using like ingredients from like back then. Mm-hmm. So if you're a foodie, that drama is definitely worth watching. Oh well, then I'm glad I brought it up because that sounds hilarious and awesome. There's also another drama called Let's Eat, and if you're a foodie, I highly recommend this key drama as well. Basically, every episode is like a mukbang, um, and then really they tackle like different food and. At least they show like 10 minutes of like all the characters like eating the food really intensely like every episode. Ooh, so it's like real life food wars. Yeah, real life food wars, but it's shot beautifully and uh-huh. don't watch it while you're hungry because um, you'll definitely So is it like, kind of like a chef's table type shot of food and stuff like that? Okay, so the premise of the show, there's three seasons. Um, each season is like a different storyline, but the first season, this girl, she... um. She has this trauma, and she's afraid of eating alone at restaurants. Uh-huh. And then she, her new neighbor, um, who happens to be, like, a huge foodie, and then she, like, learns to, like, embrace eating and embrace him, and all the other crazy things happen. Huh. I'm trying to, like, open up my notes app so I can write down all these I'll titles. I'll some clips of the show um, so you can get, like, a better idea of it. Okay, because that sounds really cool. Also, like, should we try to... Would you ever do a mukbang? Can we do one on this? Can, do you think? Yeah. We, like, put our... So I want to try doing one. I've you never know, like, done a lot one of, before. A lot of people ask me to, like, do a mukbang. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Like, I think I'm a boring eater. You know, I'm not, like... Oh, see, you know? I'm not that. I'm not like that either. Like, I tried I doing like that for I TikToks. Eat, I mean, you see me, you know, like yeah, I eat slow, <laughs> and yeah, chew slow, and then um, I'm eating silently, you know. 
That is that that's kind of like me as well. But like, is it is it the reactions that people look for in a mukbang, or is it like just kind of like people eating together? Do they play? It's not. It's silent. No, I, I've seen. I think there's like mukbang for everybody. Like this one guy, what's his name? Like Zach Choi, Zach Choi or something. Mm-hmm. He never talks and he just like silently eats. And mm-hmm. then of course there's like people you know like eating like a. 20 burgers from McDonald's. Um, See, I'm not going like, to do that. There's mm, no way. I would. Yeah. I would hurt myself. For me, like eating is not about eating like a large amount of things. Yeah. For me, it's about like enjoying a flavor of certain things and various textures. Yeah. Like I want to eat to enjoy. I don't just want to like eat to like eat a lot of something. I think I'm just trying to justify us eating on our podcast. And being I mean, like, yeah, let's do, you know, let's do, we could do a test mukbang. <laughs> we could. We'll just like, we'll just label it a mukbang episode, so people aren't like who don't want to listen to sounds of eating aren't like weirded out by like why are they slurping and chewing noodles while they are talking <laughs> to each other. Uh, some people love that, you know, because we always schedule these during my lunchtime, and it's oh. it's rough. <laughs> Yeah, I'm getting food after this too. So, <laughs> what are you having for lunch? What are you getting? Uh, I'm meeting friends for lunch. Um, they made a reservation somewhere, but I don't know where. Do you find like when your friends? And I'm not saying like these friends in particular because I don't know. I truly don't know who you're eating with. But like when someone, what? How do I say this like nicely? You definitely like, have friends where you're like they make reservations somewhere. And you know, mm-hmm. like, just based off of experience and, like, their taste, you're going strictly just to hang out and not based on whether or not you think the food is good. Have you ever eaten before dinner, pretty much? Absolutely not, because then I wouldn't be friends with those people. <laughs> and also, I mean, um, these friends that I'm meeting for lunch are, like, mm-hmm. my um, foodie friends. Wait. Um, so I completely trust their taste, and, you know, they've never steered me wrong. Wait, am I a foodie and, friend? Yeah. Okay. Okay, good. But uh, most sure. of the time, people ask me for restaurant recommendations. Yeah, well, I understand why. Because you know, but then it kind of gets out of hand because then the fans would be like, "Hey, I'm going to um like Saginaw tomorrow. Do you have any <laughs> restaurant recommendations?" And I'm like, "I'm <laughs> I don't live in Saginaw, first of all." I actually get DMs where it's like, "Hey, I'm going to like Boston. Do you know any place good to eat?" It's like I've never actually hung out in Boston before. <laughs> At least asking about like a major like city, you know, like yeah, I understand, you know, right? Because I've been to major cities, but um, if you ask me about like a restaurant accommodation, like a small town in the middle of like nowhere, like I don't know, <laughs> I'm gonna help you. <laughs> Wait, you're saying Saginaw is not like a hip and happening place? Well, I just picked Saginaw because just I don't know why that's the first city that came into my mm-hmm. head. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, we're gonna on that note, we're gonna take a break, and we will be right back. And just like that, we're back. So we got some listener questions because we're always keeping the format fresh and new. (laughs) (laughs) And if you have any questions, feel free to um, go to our Instagram, one for the table, which is number one for the table on Instagram. Um, Send the questions our way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, sorry. I just, uh, fresh and new is just such great coded language for, like, disorganized and chaotic. I just love it so much. I don't know why you keep, like, um, downplaying us. We are extremely organized, and we are keeping it fresh. 
Yeah, no, we just totally did not schedule this like yesterday. <laughs> yes, but we knew we, were, we knew it's, it was going to happen. We meet together every week for this podcast. Anyways, Cannoli Queen on Instagram asked, Hello both, I love the podcast. Question for Kim. Where is the best place in LA for, oh God. Uh, oh God. Sundubu? <laughs> uh, Sundubu. Did I say it right? Sundubu, yeah, you said it right. Okay, she says, I really, I really like Sur- Surawan, but mm-hmm. was wondering if you had any suggestions. First, tell us all what Sundubu is. So Sundubu is a tofu soup made with soft tofu. So the soft tofu almost like gives like a little creamy texture and it's cooked in like a spicy broth, but you can control the spicy so you, you can get it mild to spicy. I usually get it spicy because, you know, I like a little heat in my life. And Sundubu spicy is never like burning spicy, unlike Dapoki spicy, which is like, turns your butthole into like lava the next day. But um, that one actually is my favorite place for Sundubu. Um, they make their own tofu in the house, and it's delicious. And you can, and they have like various different um, types of sundubu there. You can is get like, that, did you? Isn't this the place that the persons asked about? Oh, so yeah, the person yeah, said okay. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you, you can get like beef, pork, dumpling, intestines, like ham. But my favorite is um fish egg. That sounds amazing. I think it's like cod like egg sac uh-huh. that's been marinated and then they like boil it into the sundofu soup it mm-hmm. is really yummy oh uh, yes we're on and obviously like um for convenience like a lot of people like to go to bcd and they're open super oh, late so that's when i've had it that's where i've had it before yeah i've had i've we've gone to bcd at like really late at night and by really late at night we mean like 10 o'clock and, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, BCD, but, you know, because, you know, BCD is, like, such a popular choice. Mm-hmm. A lot of, you know, hipsters are like, no, BCD is a little too popular. <laughs> but their food is consistent, and you can yeah. get it at any time, you know? Yeah, I and there's that's a reason why a lot too. of people like it. Yeah. And also, um, all the side dishes there are great. Um, service is prompt and quick. Because they want to get you out of there. Um, but Swear One is my favorite, and that's the one that um, my friends and I go to all the time when we went to Dubu. Nice. Not a question, but Rice Witherspoon. Rice Witherspoon? <laughs> oh my god, that would be a good drag name. Rice with her spoon. I think they are a drag queen. Yes. They definitely are. Oh yeah, She's, she looks great. Yeah. Their message was, the way y'all were talking about gochujang vinaigrette as an example of gentrification of Asian ingredients, and then the White House serves a salad with gochujang vinaigrette to the president <laughs> of South Korea. <laughs> <laughs> no! Oh my god, that's so funny. And then they said, like... <laughs> This was this was on their menu source crab cakes gochujang and irish poetry biden <laughs> state dinner with south korea <laughs> Oh no Oh here that we go so this funny. is what they actually ate Maryland crab cake was accompanied by cabbage fennel and cucumber slaw in a gochujang vinaigrette <laughs> oh, of course damn uh brace braised short ribs and ginger snap cookie and a dung dengjang dengjang caramel dengjang 
caramel. caramel. Okay. You know, that sounds good, and I'm sure it tasted delicious, you know? Mm-hmm. Personally, for me, like, if I was going to, all the way to America, I personally want to taste American food. That's me too, right? Like, you know, it's like the equivalent of, like, um, when drag queens from out of town will come into Chicago. Yeah. Um, they will perform, like, songs from Chicago to musical. They're like, oh, the audience is going to love this. And I'm like, you know. no. Like, no. queens do that all the time. Right. Um, or, like, when queens, like, visit another city and then they wear, like, like that town's, like, sports jersey, like, like to the mm-hmm. meet and greet. Oh, like, the locals are going to love this. Like, we see it all the time. Like, you're not doing anything special. Like, for you, it's special because you're doing something, like, novelty. That you're right. In a place where you're visiting. But it's not special to the people who've seen it all their life. <laughs> right. And, like... I don't think people understand how like American American food is a thing that you mm-hmm. can get overseas and it mm-hmm. sucks. Like like the pizza that like New York style pizza served overseas is awful. Like the, I've had it in, in like Hong Kong and stuff and they're like, "Oh, the pizza here is good." And it's like, "It's not. I don't care if it's oven made. I don't care if it's made in a brick stuff. It doesn't compare to any pizza that we have." In the United States. Same with a burger. Same how it's so hard to get a Same burger. Same with, you know, like Chicago-style pizza anywhere else in the world. Like, it sucks. Yes. Like, I've had Detroit-style pizza here in L.A. It sucks, you know? And, like, I, I can confidently say, even though, like, I have not been back to Hong Kong for a very, very long mm-hmm. time, there is still nowhere over there that you can get good Mexican food. The same way yeah. that you can get it in Los Angeles. There is no way. Because, like, they've tried. I don't understand why they can't get it over there, but they can't. So, like, if I were if I were entertaining people from across, out of the country, like, I would totally just, like, look up their dietary restrictions based mm-hmm. on off of their, like, preferences and religion or whatever. And, and just make them, like, a bomb-ass American meal based exactly. on those restrictions. And I think, like, people would have so much of a better time. Sometimes, like, a lot of the American food might be too rich for, like, old Korean people. But then there's mm-hmm. a lot of, like, American dishes that um, actually Koreans would like. You know, for example, like, jambalaya. Yeah. You know, like, like a spicy jambalaya fits, like, the Korean valid perfectly. It's, like, same like gumbo. Yeah. And I know that's, like, kind of what they were trying to do with, like, they were doing, like, a Maryland crab, crab cake with, like, gochujang vinaigrette. But, like, just don't... Mm-hmm. Don't try it. Like, unless unless you're going to go, like, do a deep dive. and don't. It just seems, also, like, like, so Korean on the surface. Steak, you know, like, mm. even, like, a nice steak dinner would have been cool, you know? Koreans have really good, like, good taste in beef, actually. They don't really, people don't really realize that, like, Koreans have the same, their own version of the grading for, like, Kobe stuff and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But it's, like, you can get good, good beef there. The only downside is also the beef is really expensive in Korea. Yeah. So a lot of times, like when Koreans come here, like um, they all get excited to eat beef here because beef is so like so much cheaper here. Mm. I'm sure the president enjoyed his food, but I don't know. I think that menu is a myth for me, dog. Yeah. Like if I went to someone's sure. house and be like, "Oh, Kim, I made you crab cakes with gochujang vinaigrette," and I'm like. Eh. <laughs> You're, you just give it the face. It's like, I think I'd rather you just call me a slur. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But also, I mean, no, I think they do probably pull all the stops when it comes to, like, a president visiting. But, like, mm-hmm. in all other cases, like, actually the White House 
events at the White House and stuff like that, they're very good at being frugal. So I guess it's like also what they can, how they can save money at the time. Um, let's say next question. Chirito K on Instagram says the Black Forager episode was the funniest one so Chirito far. It made me laugh. All these like names sound like drag names. Isn't it like all drag queens submitting questions? I, I don't know. This will count as private. Mm, okay. Anyway, sir, continue. Chirito K. <laughs> Hi, Kim and John. My name is Steph, 23, she, her, and I've been listening to your podcast since the first episode. Oh my gosh, <gasps> Steph. Thank you so much. You thank are you. MVP. Um, I was so excited to hear that you were going to release a podcast on food, my favorite subject. I've learned so much, and I hope you keep doing more deep dives into all types of cuisines. I've always loved cooking, and I credit that to my mother, who has been an absolute queen in the kitchen for my whole life, serving everyone around her beautiful meals. I would love to know who inspired the both of your passions for food and cooking. Also, what is one dish you have never made before but would love to attempt on a day where you have the energy to do so? Love you guys. Thank you so much for the amazing content you create, Steph. That was super sweet. Uh, so what inspired my love for cooking? This might be a really bizarre answer, but my response is poverty. So <laughs> I grew up really poor, like dirt poor. Um, there were times like where my mom only had like $20 in the bank and, you know, she was wondering like how she was going to like feed us um, that day. So obviously I grew up like eating like food from like the Korean culture and like American culture. But that was basically it. And then when we ever ate out, we only ever went to like buffets because um it was a cheap way for us to like eat different things. And um like in like a cheap way. Um my mm-hmm. mom would pull up to like old country buffet at three twenty five. We'd walk right in and then they switch over to dinner at three thirty, but then we had paid lunch price at three twenty five to get in. You know, like she did what she had to do to like make ends meet. Um, so then just after eating like all these like same food, like over and over, I just kind of became like curious to see like what else was out there. And like, I remember the day when I first discovered Indian food and Ethiopian food um, in the town I grew up in, like my mind just went like, Phew. you know, it's like, oh. Um, Indian rice is like so different from like any rice I've tasted before. It's like not sticky at all, so fragrant, and yet goes so well with all the different curry sauce. Um, the Ethiopian injera is like the pancake has this like sour texture that like I've never like encountered before. And then I kind of became curious about like what are flavors that were out there. So then I purposely like seek out like various ethnic cuisine, and I would like. When I moved to Chicago, especially, like, I'll make my way out of, or I'll, like, go out of my way to, like, try all these, like, different food myself. And then, and then I soon fell in love with the world of, like, food and cuisine. And a lot of times, like, I come home and try to, like, recreate, like, the flavors that I've tried at these various restaurants and places. And mm. I think that's how I became the person I am today. <laughs> <laughs> I had like pretty much the opposite childhood. Mm-hmm. I grew up in a really privileged home and I had access to like a lot of different kinds of food. Mostly, well, it was 99% Chinese food, but it was like 
good Chinese food. Mm -hmm. And so like, I've always had the experiences and access and uh, background of taste, knowing what like good Cantonese food tasted like. And I've, and having that as a basis for my like, I guess when it came time to rediscover how to cook Chinese food for myself, I always had that in my memory. I was like, oh, I remember what this tastes like and therefore I'm going to try to recreate it. Well, I had a really good version of whatever it is I tried to recreate. So I had that to build off of. But I think like what really just sparked my um, passion for cooking was like the reactions I would get from people that I would cook for. And I was like, I love to cook. I love to eat and stuff. But like the satisfaction that I get from it comes from like making other people happy and like satisfying other people and like it's it's that part of cooking that is like why I do it um I do miss it a lot being able to like mm -hmm. watch people eat my food and like have good reactions to my food but like I feel like what I do now um you know it gives me more opportunity to do that for more people in a way so yeah my you know I've always had access to really good food but like my real passion for it came from actually like making it for other people. Mm. Also, personally for me, one of my also memories of like cooking with other people, I realized when it was so much fun, senior year in high school. Mm. So I was the um, yearbook editor for my high school's yearbook. And uh, we'd have deadlines, I think, like four or five times a year. And you have to submit like certain pages of the yearbook, like to the press. Um, that's just like, like how it's done. Mm -hmm. And every um, deadline, we'd have to like stay school until like everything was complete and sent. And our yearbook teacher, Mrs. Maine, Gail Maine, I love you, I miss you. <laughs> she was almost like my. Um, my mother figure my senior year in high school um because then sometimes on the work lunchtime um i'd work on like yearbook together and then she'd like take me out and we go get like a salad or like some like fun meal like a nearby school and our school had like a closed campus policy so i felt like a badass being able to leave school to get like rb salad with her uh and then every deadline she threw like a little like food party for us so then one time she had like a panini party where she had like all different types of bread, all different types of cheese, all different cuts of meat. And then we'd like make my own paninis. And one time she threw like a nacho party for us. Um, and with all the rest of the yearbook staff, like we'd have so much fun just like making different food and like eating and working on like yearbook together. That sounds so and, much fun. Yeah. Just one made um, high school like <laughs> tolerable. Yeah, I don't really have mem much memories about high school. <laughs> Second part of the question was, oh, what is a dish you've never made before but would attempt if you have the energy and time to do it? So I used to be really into baking. Mm -hmm. Like in my 20s, like I went through like a huge baking phase and like I baked a lot and baked like all sorts of things. Now I just like don't have the counter space for baking. Yeah. Nor energy. Yeah. Nor, like, a body to handle, like, all the baked goods. Because <laughs> <laughs> once you start baking and you see how much, like, sugar and flour, oh, like, God, that goes yeah. into things, like, you don't want to eat it. Right. Uh, from back then, one of my biggest failure was um, making my own sourdough. 
like, have you ever baked a sourdough? Mm, I've never done it. No. Were you trying to like um? Where you're trying to like have your own like bacteria, yeah, 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 yeah. with a starter and stuff yeah. like that, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've never for some done reason, it. like my starter would just like not start, <laughs> even after like feeding it and like doing uh, all the things. Yeah, would you say it was a non-starter? Oh, yeah. I would say um, <laughs> the starter didn't rise to the occasion. Okay, that's enough. This hurts. Um, <laughs> yeah, I didn't loaf it. <laughs> no, we can't do this. We can't, anyway, this can't that was be like part a of what we do. Life of my life back then. Um, <laughs> that was a little half baked. But okay, anyways, um, okay. <laughs> if I time and energy, I would like to restart. Um, trying to like make my own sourdough again. Hmm. But I do not have the time nor energy. <laughs> yeah. Way back when I started TikTok, I did a series mm-hmm. where I was making food that was inspired by the different nations from Avatar. And I did Earth Kingdom, Fire Kingdom, and Water Kingdom dishes. And I never finished that series. I still... Oh. And the thing is, of course, like it was going to be an airbender one. And... It was a baking one, actually, which is probably why I never really got around to it. Because the first one was like, oh, I made fire fire flakes from Fire Kingdom. I made like a Water Kingdom's uh, wa- uh, Water Nation um, soup. And then I did Big Boulder Lion's Head Meatballs for Earth Kingdom. And I was going to make an airbender pie. Mm. And it was actually a really good idea. It was going to be a lychee meringue pie, which sounds so good. Pie is actually like the one of the easiest things to make if you have a food processor. If you have a food processor, yes. I like I just like I I kept messing up like the quantities to make a good like uh lychee curd, like you know the lemon curd that you make in a mm-hmm. lemon meringue pie. I yeah. couldn't get the measurements down to make a good one with lychee. And mm. it was so frustrating because I would like I would make this and then the pie crust would be fine, but then the curd would be so it would just and I just gave up. But I want to make a lychee meringue pie again. I will eventually get around to it. Um, no one will know, understand why I did it. But yeah, that's the one thing. <laughs> I mean, you could tell the story like, oh, just like a part of my project that I never completed. Yeah. In your little John Kong voice. <laughs> little. But baking is science. Baking is um, not easy. Yeah, I you know, know what it I've is. I've always wondered, though. Do you know what people would like a flower drawer? Yes. Like this one um, content creator that I follow and I love, her name is like Cooking with Shireen. Oh yeah! And in her video, she is she has like a kitchen island, mm-hmm. and then one of the drawer, like she pulls out and it's just flour. Yeah, she makes like, a lot. How much flour does she go through to actually have like a drawer full of flour? She probably like makes pasta, bakes bread, and like makes and bakes. So like, you know. Also, she might just have it because she has a kitchen. She is a lady mm-hmm. with a kitchen that, like, that kitchen is so nice. Where it's like she, I would love to have like half the things that she has in her. Her and Pasta Queen have gorgeous, gorgeous chick, uh, yeah. chickens, kitchens. Yeah, it's always been my dream to like live in a house with an island. I've always wanted the fantasy of like. Being able to like cook on an island or like eat breakfast like on the island on a stool. I have an island. Um, for, for me, I want to have it. As oh. well. It's not that <laughs> I haven't like... been to a place with an island. 
Oh, that's right. Okay, that's. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Kim. She's never seen an island in her life. An island. And even my brother, when I visited him um, in Chicago, he had a kitchen with an island. And I was like, I've never lived in a place in Chicago that we're at an island. <laughs> well, doesn't he live in the suburbs, though? No, he lives in um, Old Town, Gold Coast area. Oh, oh wow. Nice. It's like, my little brother has an island before I ever had an island. You have a fountain in your house. I still want an island. Oh, well. It doesn't matter what I have and what I don't have. I don't have an island. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, I'm back to listener questions. No, actually, that's like all the time that we have. Wait, 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 wait. wait. We do have one more thing. So my book is officially out for pre-order. It's <gasps> called Kung Food by John <gasps> Kung. And so if you um you can pre-order it on all all like I'll have by 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 the time I talk about this, I'll have like links in my bio, but I would totally appreciate it if you guys would pre-order the book. Kung with us on this journey. Actually, can I put the link in the bio of our page too? I'm gonna of do course. that. Okay. Yay! You can go to the link in the bio and find all the places where you have the book. And it's going to be available internationally. I think it's mm-hmm. going to be sold out of the UK. So if you do sold it through... Out of the UK? So yeah, not sold out. in. Yeah, yeah. So there's going... Yeah. You, oh, sold out of UK. No, no, not sold out in the UK. It's sold, <laughs> going to be like, sold already? out. already? hasn't even yeah, no, 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 sold out yet. already? <laughs> <laughs> no, it hasn't. Um, but if you buy the UK version, that will all be in metric. All the measurements will be in metric and grams. I think Whoa. they're doing the conversions. And yeah, so don't buy the American one if you're not in the United States. Buy the British one because those will be in the measurements that you understand. And I know people in the comments always be like, "Why? What is this in? Why guys? What grams? Yeah, because grams? America. Yeah, we're, st- yeah, we're, we're stupid. Still- <laughs> we're stupid. And also, if you purchase the UK one, um, there will be a special insult for a curry sauce and some <laughs> chips. <laughs> Be quite stunning. <laughs> you, you need to stop. You're gonna get it. Uh, so yeah, that's that's done, and I'm super excited that that is finished. And yeah, buy pre-order my book so that I get to um, write another book and use that as an excuse to not leave the house. Or don't buy the book if you don't want another book from John. Who knows? Yeah. I don't know. He has an island. I think he has everything he needs. <laughs> Okay, well, thanks for listening. All right, with that being said, yeah, thank you for coming. Buy John's book. Otherwise, you're a hater. And we don't like haters in this podcast. Bye. <laughs>